When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Perfect. Hello and welcome to the Unsuckable Pod. It's just rude Canadians today. Uh, no Filippo, no American. So it's just going to be rude Canadians being rude. Um, going to look forward to that and. The first rude Canadian to introduce you is Josh. Josh, how's it going? Are you feeling rude today? I am feeling rude. And I like that we had a, a debate because only only th- we're going to have three of us either today or tomorrow. And we, we chose to leave Filippo out. Very, very rude of us. I think it might have been the right decision. He was being a little reckless. But I am excited to talk a little Champions League and Europa League footy with you boys today. Very excited too. In fairness, Filippo didn't do his homework. He said like, oh, I can't do today but we could do maybe tomorrow. But I also didn't watch any of the games, which is why I asked him. Um, maybe a little rude, but also fair, I think. Right, Adrian? How's you, how are you doing, Adrian? Look, I mean, he came in and said that no one likes me anyways. So he he came in with the rudeness immediately. And then that's what happens when, when an American tries to adopt the Canadian sort of skill of being rude. So that's too bad for Filippo. He's going to serve a suspension today, but uh, we'll get him back next Monday or Tuesday or whenever we record next because another episode is soon come. I also want to just point out that I'm actually wearing his Root Canadian t-shirt today in his honor. Um, yeah, there's that. But yeah, he will be missed. Um, he will be missed. Guys, Champions League week this day, this uh, this week. Um, got lots to talk about. Uh, four games in the Champions League. And we're also going to talk Europa League. Um, I was exciting. It's just finished like as we um, as we started recording this podcast, like five minutes after the, the Europa League matches ended. So yeah, lots to talk about today. And um, Adrian, I want to start with you. Benfica against Liverpool, 3-1. That sounds like a huge gap in the result. But, you know, when you actually look at that match... It was closer than people probably thought it would be, right? It was a lot closer than I thought it would be, that's for sure. Because, well, actually, you know what? Prior to this, I appeared on another podcast and someone asked for my score prediction. And I said 3-1 Liverpool. So I guess it was actually right exactly where I expected it. A rare, correct prediction from me. But yeah, I think that the first half was brutal from Benfica. It was really, really bad. And you could see how with the lineup that Liverpool put out there, they were trying to basically finish off this tie prior to the second half so that they can maybe look to rest some players in the second half ahead of that big, big matchup that they have this weekend, which I cannot wait for. Manchester City versus Liverpool. There's only one point between them right now. It's quite the race that they have in the Premier League suddenly. So that's what it looked like it was going to be for Benfica. A quick, 
<laughs> baptism by fire in that first half. But the second half, they started to turn things around. And you started to see how Benfica could find their way through, which is exactly what we expected. Quick transition through Darwin and Rafa, of course, just exploit our speed. But the one thing that let Benfica down a little bit was just, and this is to be expected when it's Benfica against Liverpool, is the huge disparity in quality in the attacking players. And, you know, the decision making, you know, we had Darwin cutting inside a lot when he should just be dishing it off. We had Rafa doing the same thing or the lack of quality for the final ball that was just finding defenders. And that's also a testament to Liverpool's defenders as well for playing pretty well. There's just that one error from Konate, which led to us getting that goal. So... Yeah, it was closer than I thought in that second half. Um, bit of a bummer to see that third goal go in because it really took sort of the air out of our tires a little bit. It had everyone amped up, you know, one goal deficit, anything could happen. And then that third goal goes in and you're thinking, okay, well, now it's a real hill to climb at Anfield. I guess the positive, Adrian, is that it's not there's no away goals, right? So at the end of the day, eh, it's no different than, than a two-goal def- deficit, right? Um, yeah, is that like maybe the positive here? And the other thing is too, like you had plenty of chances. There, there was a lots of creation. And in Darwin Nunes, you have one of the most informed number nines on the planet at the moment. Yeah, that's true as well. I think that you know, you whenever you see those sort of magical European nights at Anfield that people always talk about, it's always in Liverpool's favor. But back in I believe it was two thousand and six, Benfica actually won at Anfield to go through, and so we're hoping that we can repeat that. That was a very different Benfica side, a much better Benfica side back then and a much worse Liverpool side back then, even though they were the defending European champions. So maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on them to say they were much worse back then. And I'm sure a lot of Liverpool fans will scream at me, will be screaming about Stevie G, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, again, like in the first leg, when I said that Benfica had to be perfect, they have to be even more perfect at Anfield and just be that much more ruthless in front of goal and uh, get some of those final balls to their own players as opposed to passing to the defenders over and over again. But like you said, with Darwin Nunez and Rafa as sort of a wild card, when he's in form, he can be a killer. But with Darwin Nunez out there, I think that there's always a chance that we can smash and grab like we did against Ajax, but it's going to be really difficult up against Klopp's Liverpool at Anfield, isn't it? Yeah, I think maybe the one upside, and this is a great uh, transition here, Um Liverpool, I think, play Man City on the weekend, right? That's right. Yes, huge match on Sunday. Mm. So that could be an upside because I think it's like Benfica, Man City, Benfica, Man City for Liverpool um, because there's also that FA Cup tie. Um, so huge games coming up for Jurgen Klopp. And obviously, Liverpool still have everything to play for, including the championship, uh, the Champions League, um, the Cup. Wow. I mean, this could be a travel year for them. Um, with everything the way it's going and um, yeah I think the team that they're playing uh, next on Sunday of course they they have a word to say about this but Josh uh, Man City against Atletico Madrid Man City did get the winner thanks to Kevin De Bruyne who else Um, but I think Diego Simeone will look at this result and say like yeah I'll take that yeah he absolutely will but I mean if you've watched Atletico go on a few of their Champions League runs in the past few seasons. This is kind of what you expect going up against the Bayerns, the Barca's when when Barca was was truly Barca, and they found a way to get a result. 
they they often lost the, the first leg or at least the the away leg and then found a way to do it at home some way shape or form now they i remember back then they they did rely a little bit on uh, on the away goal aspect of it but considering it's city and you're away and the possession was about 70 30 they, there were opportunities there they made it very difficult and they had to walk out with only a one nothing loss then they're going to look at an opportunity to go back home and at the wanda and find a way to at least push extra time because it, it just takes one goal wiggles won't will not matter so it could be two one uh, a little disappointed in, in in my eyes that we didn't see luis suarez i i know maybe this match wasn't tailor made for him but he just he's someone who has one opportunity and can make something special so considering he didn't play in this leg i'm expecting him to probably get a, a better shot at the at the return leg to see if he can find it because he may be getting up there in age but i mean if you see not the weekend this man can still put the ball in the back of the net yeah, I think this, um, also Pep Guardiola, of course, has a bit of a history against Atletico Madrid, right? Um, they provided a stumbling block uh, during his time at Bayern, I believe it was. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be very intriguing. This match is still completely open. Um, going to Spain is a very different proposition. I think this game, this first leg was always designed to keep it tight, to keep it close. And... Uh, you know, I have a feeling that Atletico could do it again. Um, go through here, provide a huge upset. I mean, Josh, that would also just kind of nicely set it up for a derby against Real Madrid in the in the semifinal, wouldn't it? It, it would, and that's something that Simeone's teams have, have done in the past is they, they find a way to go in these special Champions League runs. But like you were talking about, I mean, not, not only is it uh, the fact that the second leg is open because like you mentioned, the job was to make sure that this is close. The job was to make sure that when push comes to shove, we have an opportunity to do something special. But on top of that, like you guys just mentioned, Liverpool and city are going head to head in a massive, massive clash this weekend. Like that's, it's going to be emotional. It's going to be draining. And I'm thinking that Atletico are sitting there watching that being like, okay, they are not resting anyone. They're going. The title could be on the line in this match. We'll see where the priorities lie. We'll see how tired that they're going to potentially be. And we're going to see what city we're going to get in the return leg, play the type of football that we can, frustrate the crap out of them. I think Kevin De Bruyne even went out and said, I don't think I've ever played a, uh, against a system that was a 5-5-0 <laughs> before. So they, they find tricky ways to make the, the, the opponents frustrating because City have very li- limited effort when it comes to scoring goals. They just know how to do it. And now they're going to have to go in there, and if they can get frustrated out, maybe Atletico can nip that goal to make things very interesting. Yeah, I guess, uh, Adrian, I know your hand is raised. Um, two teams will be watching that game on Sunday, eh? Yes, absolutely. And I think that I just want to add more to what you guys were saying because I, I had this feeling about Diego Simeone up against Pep Guardiola and how he would be sort of the antithesis to him coming into this. And of course, we're still yet to see whether he will be, but you saw moments in this game, like I think it was around the 40, it was right after halftime. It was like the 47th or 48th minute or something like that. And you saw Atleti breaking out very, very quickly with three attackers, but then Griezmann ended up passing the ball to the ad boards. And it's just little moments like that. And there was another one three minutes later where they had a similar opportunity, but Llorente just lobbed it into Ederson's hand. So you could see where if when they're at the Wandra Metropolitano, when they have you know a little bit more comfortable going forward, etc., you could see how they could snag this and at least force extra time. And then who knows from that point on. So I'm really, really looking forward to that game. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we all are. Um, 
yeah, it's going to, I mean, all the, all these upcoming matches, it's April now, April, May, everything counts now. It's going to be so great. Um, make the transition to, I already mentioned them, Real Madrid. <sighs> Josh, is this done? Is this done? Have, have Real Madrid slayed the Champions League winner? I mean, 3-1 in London. Yeah, I I, th I think it's done. I mean, Benzema is just on a different planet right now. Now, I know he was just gifted his hat-trick from, from a Mendy mistake, but Ancelotti's got this team digging into their roots. I mean, when I think you think of Champions League, you, you think of Madrid. And I don't think this Madrid side has come close to some of the, the sides that went on to, to win. But there's something about them, and it's just it's interesting seeing how Ronaldo used to win these types of games. And now see Benzema just take over this nine slash ten role he has, and everything goes between him. I had question marks about Chelsea going into this. I've had question marks about them all season. I know that you are a fan of Havertz playing up front, and I mean he mm -hmm. did score a goal, but the only in behind player. him, it just it's Josh. just like there's something missing, and in I don't fairness. know exactly what it is. But I'm curious to see what you you had to take on it because I thought Havertz has been doing a good good role, but the fact that they went to London, they won 3-1. I would be shocked if if Chelsea found a way to return this back in Spain. Yeah, in fairness, I I, I mean, I just wanted to say Harvard was probably the only one who turned up in this game for Chelsea. <laughs> I, I agree, 100%, I agree. <laughs> um, playing in that number nine role, right? And I, I do think he's very effective there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have to be, you have to also remember there's a lot of stuff going on uh, at Chelsea, right? Other than the stuff on the field. And you wonder what affects him. But also, they did sneak in a little bit and stole a Champions League title out of nowhere last year. Um, I think that's something that also that people have to remember, that they were a little bit lucky uh, on their path there, um, avoiding avoiding some of the bigger teams and so on, and then uh, stealing it in the final. Um, but guys, I have to ask this question because Benzema could have scored four. And Adrian Josh, I don't know who wants to go first, but he might be not just the best number nine on the planet, I think there's a there could be an argument made he's the best player on the planet at the moment period. I would think so. I mean, it's it's sort of becoming the tiring debate between Lewandowski and Benzema at the moment that was sort of like the Ronaldo and Mbappe thing, but a very very mini 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 version of the Ronaldo versus Messi thing. Sorry, I said Mbappe there a moment ago. Um but yeah, I think that Karim Benzema just with the way that he's playing right now, those two finishes with his head in the first half were just stunning first there was sort of the powered header from about 16 yards away like from way on the edge of the box and then that cushioned basically it was almost like a a fadeaway header that just guided into the corner the form that he's in to get two hat tricks in consecutive matches he's just fantastic he's been involved in 50 goals in 36 appearances i believe it is which is just nuts 37 goals 13 assists i mean I can't think of anyone else. Maybe Mbappe is starting to pick up on some of his form as well and starting to show that kind of contribution at PSG. But as of right now, I can't think of anyone else who is having more of an impact on their team than Karim Benzema. And it shows whenever he's not there for Real Madrid, they struggle. And when he's in there, it feels like anything is possible and he helps drag results over the line. And, and in my opinion, it's because he almost plays in two positions. Now, I, I just love the fact that this was Ronaldo's team. He was the king. And once he left, people were just kind of like, okay, who's going to step up? Who are we going to go sign? Is it going to be Hazard? Are we going to find a way to get Mbappe through the door? And Benzema was just like, hey, guys, I'm still here. Scored a lot of goals as well. 
And the, in this system that he plays, if you if you watch a couple of the goals that he's, I mean, plenty of goals he scored this season, but even the one in the in this match is that he he drops in deep and he finds a way to almost play as that number ten. And he's a very underrated passer of the ball, and he links up to play that way. And then not only is he able to do that, but he's able to find a way to get in position in that cushioned header that you talked about, Adrian. It, it was just amazing. I mean, any young kid should watch how he plays the game if they want to have any indication of what the proper footballing IQ is to play in that type of position because he takes up two rules, leading the play up, timing the run out, and then just having quality on, on that header just to put it in. It was he's just an insane game. He's in an incredible form and and it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, kind of like Ibra. He's aging as as fine wine. The older he gets, he just seems to get better. And and I I think if you take him out of the out of this Madrid side, we saw it against that one the first leg against PSG when I was convinced Madrid was going out because I didn't know if Benzema was going to be able to get healthy in time is this Madrid side does not play anywhere near the same. So I, I agree. I don't know if there's a player that's as important to their team right now than, uh, than Kareem Benzema is to Madrid. And of course, this is a great transition because we have to talk about the guy who, who isn't, who isn't really in form at the moment. Um, Robert Lewandowski. And I think it's pretty safe to say that he has picked up something at the, the, while he was with the Polish national team, completely invisible against Freiburg on the weekend, um, a game that he didn't have a single shot on goal um, and was taken off unceremoniously after 60 minutes. Um, my understanding is that he has both an, a rib issue and a knee issue at the moment, um, which makes me kind of wonder why you play him um, against Villarreal. In the first place, you know, um, especially because we know Bayern Munich, especially when they go against a smaller side away, they usually struggle a little bit and don't really show up until the second leg. Um, cue in the Salzburg result, right? But guys, here's a crazy stat for you. Bayern Munich lose their first Champions League away game since 2017. That's nuts. I mean, no one else has done that. That's that's a, a consistency. And for Una Emery... Um, there was a lot of bit said about him, uh, about his team Villarreal dominating this game. I, I don't, I wouldn't go quite that far, um, Josh. But at the same time, um, it was a it was a tactical masterclass. It truly was, and I wanna I wanna bring Adrian in here right after this because I wanna get his thoughts on it. But when I was watching this game and I was looking at Villarreal and you saw those those two blocks of four and the two strikers just running ragged. It was a tactical masterclass, but did it not remind you guys of Atletico, prime Atletico back when they made those two finals? This is what they did, not because it's not just about shutting down and having about the possession was 62 to 38, which screams Atletico to me, but the chances were there. Villarreal could have won this match, in my opinion, two, three, nothing. They had massive chances, and that's what Atletico was able to do. You had the structure there, you defended properly, you knew when to counter, and you had game changers. And I think Villarreal... At the end of the day, we'll be kicking themselves because a one nothing. I don't think is a big enough result. I just don't know if the quality is deep enough to do it in the reverse leg. But this reminded me of, of prime Atletico because what Atletico could do in the second leg, no matter if they got the one nothing win in the first two nothing, is that they found a way to to drag it out. So I think the second leg will really let us know what Villarreal looks like. But to me, this was like watching prime Atletico getting a result they needed in a, an important match. It's funny that you say that actually because someone was speaking to me about this game and they said, imagine Unai Emery with this Atletico side because I guess that this person was a little bit sour about how uh, Diego Simeone had lined up against Man City with that 5-5-0 as you had mentioned. But yeah, this Villarreal team, I mean, they really could have had 
two, three, maybe four goals if it wasn't for incredible blocks. Like, I don't know how many times I've watched that Alfonso Davies block on Gerard Moreno. That was just stunning to watch. So, so, so satisfying. Curiously satisfying uh, to watch that. And yeah, they, I mean, they hit the post as well in the second half. They had that goal that was disallowed for a fractional offside, which was a really, really strange goal, a freak goal up against Manuel Neuer, that one that looped from the side over him and into that corner. So yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say I'm, I'm with Josh on this one as far as I don't know that this will be enough because the, the last thing that you want to do is go up against an angry Bayern Munich at the Allianz Arena. Um, I mean, Salzburg saw what that was like and they were had just played to a draw in the first leg and that was enough to sort of set Bayern Munich off there. So I think that if Emery goes through, we can no longer just call him Unai Emery now. We must from now on always refer to him as King Emery going forward if Villarreal go through. Who do you guys think won the XG in this game? I think it was pretty even, if I remember correctly. Is not too far off. What do you think, Josh? I, I didn't look at it, but I mean, just on my memory of watching the match, I'd assume that Villarreal would have won it. But no, no, Bayern, Bayern did. XG. That's wild. Yeah, I, I don't. Looking back in the matches again, right now, I just I can't picture those point blank opportunities falling to Bayern more so than they they. What was the XG? It was one point five four to one point five nine. Very even. Wow, I don't know. Wow, I'm gonna say. I mean, the I know I know Villarreal hit the post, and I mean Danjuma had a huge opportunity. It almost looked like he fluffed it. I, I don't do know. I could, think, I, what do you guys really think was the total shots in this game? I would assume that Bayern had more, but that a lot of them were either blocked or went wide. Yeah, it's twelve to twenty-two for Bayern. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because. That's when XG gets a little bit weird, I find, because it feels like in watching that match, Villarreal had the more dangerous looking opportunities, at least mm. from what I can remember. But maybe that's just, I don't Musiala know. Musiala and Koeman were both completely wide open in the box, missing goal, chance, goal chances. Yeah, Wait. and there was even that one that Muller had that he just failed to get a touch on it that went wide as well. So yeah, okay, okay, I can see it. I can see it. I think a draw, as good as Villarreal were, and it wasn't a tactical masterclass because this is Bayern, would have probably been deserved. Um, I think this is an interesting one where people look at the game and they remember how that really won. And I personally think rightfully so. But it kind of skews sometimes. It kind of tricks the eye. Because like, yeah, the one that sailed past Neuer, okay, that it was offside. That's not a goal. Um and then, yeah, they hit the post once, but you also then, you kind of forget that in the last 10, 12 minutes, Bayern were very close to an equalizer. And I think no one would have complained in the end if it was 1-1. Um, which I, I, I find is just interesting. It's an interesting, very, I think sometimes the eye kind of can deceive, maybe? If that makes I think, sense? I think there's that. And I think that there's also something that happens naturally with us where when an underdog does well against an opposition or isn't blown away or it's mm -hmm. a 1-0 win or a 1-1 draw or something like that, then we tend to give a lot more credit to the underdog, rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully um, so. You give a lot more credit to the underdog. And uh, sometimes that sort of skews people into thinking, oh, they deserve to win by 
100 more goals or they got robbed or blah, 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 blah in other occasions, not in this one in particular because Villarreal did win. But yeah, I think that that's also something that happens with us naturally and we're all sort of guilty of that now and then. Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, just for, for me looking back on it, I, I think it's it's the margin of of error, I guess. And I know we said like, it's, not, it's it's offside. It doesn't count, but it was a, it was a close call. Like mm-hmm. I think when, so when you're looking back on it, you're like, well, that was just a fraction difference could have made a goal. And same as the post, I, I just think it's the point blank opportunities that are right in your face that probably skewed the way that that we remember it. But yeah, I mean, I didn't know that, so that's interesting that Manuel points out those those stats. But I think the also main other reason is the fact that that just that wasn't Bayern to me, and I think a lot of it was to do with Lewandowski. They're, they had their chances, but it just almost looked like they. They weren't going to find a goal. I just I didn't know where it was going to come from because Lewandowski just kind of looked almost lost out there. I don't know, Manuel, you want to elaborate yeah. on that a little bit, but I, that's I, for me that was a big reason why I just didn't think a chance was going to come for them. I agree. Uh, Lewandowski is obviously not fit, and I wouldn't have played him. Um, I think that's that's a mistake. You rest him because you know that once you go back, once this tie goes back to Munich. Um, I think Salzburg, the Salzburg result uh, indicates what could happen there, right? And you rest him and you make sure he's fit for that. And you take the 1-0 or even a 1-1 draw or a 0-0 and you take it back to Munich and you take care of business there um, rather than risking him. Um, and I think that's exactly what they've been doing. And it will be really interesting to see what they're going to do on the weekend against Augsburg, whether they're going to rest him. Um, and I think there was a few players on on that field that you know kind of rotated in and out who were not 100%. Sule came on late, right? Um, Goretzka came on late and then had to go off with that nasty cut. Um, Davies, obviously, um, a good comeback, but you could tell he wasn't 100% yet either. Um, and I don't mean fitness-wise, but just like that match sharpness, right? And yeah, I think I, that's, that is that is all factors, right, Josh? Yeah, sorry for, for getting in there. I just I, I agree. I saw uh, on Twitter a lot, and I think it was just the excitement of, of getting Davies back in. I thought his fitness looked great in terms of the way he bumps up and down the pitch that's what you expect but mm. i on, i counted on at least two hands the amount of opportunities where that pass just just was not there and, and it comes with match fitness i mean he had he hasn't played since december and you put him back in a champion league champions league quarterfinals but i i absolutely agree because that's what at the end of the day makes byron byron is making those type of passes making those type of decisions making it very difficult and i thought davies played well and like we talked about that block was world class but it's it's not that I thought he was disappointing, but I just I just thought, like you mentioned, he just wasn't the match sharpness. There's a, f- a few things, and it just looked like it wasn't one of uh, Bayern's days. But it, it goes back to, remember when we all debated about the PSG-Madrid game, knowing that Benzema wasn't fit? Do you start him? They started him, and what did he do it there? Absolutely nothing. Now he came back and obviously came good. But the same kind of thing is kind of what it reminds me of. So in the back of my mind, I just have a feeling that Lewandowski will somehow get to 100% next leg and Villarreal will be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see the Augsburg game. I think that gives us a lot of indication where he's at. Two titles are up for grabs on the stacked UFC 273 fight card. Join the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter and get $100 in free bets. Win or lose, guaranteed. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the excitement. Everyone can play for a share of millions in prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy MMA contests. Draft your lineup of fighters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for strikes, takedowns, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $5 on UFC 273 and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. 21 plus, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, guys, let's move on to the Europa League. Or should we do a real quick round of predictions on say who's going through based on what we've seen? Um, Adrian, start with the Euro game. Uh, Benfica or Liverpool? Um, Liverpool, unfortunately. Although I should listen to my heart, shouldn't I? Yeah, you can you can say whatever you want. Yeah, I will listen to my heart. It's so long as you sing it. Now nah, I won't make you do that. Not this time. But yeah, you know what? Let's go with Benfica for the miracle. Why not? I'll be deluded. Josh, I like it. I like it. It's going going with her. But I I'm gonna go with the brain, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Liverpool. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Liverpool too. Sorry, Adrian. Um, Atletico or City? Josh? I'm going to go Atletico. Mm-hmm. Adrian? Yeah, I'm Atletico as well. Yeah, I'm going Atletico too. Um, I think uh, Diego has is Pep's kryptonite. Uh, we'll see. Um, Chelsea or Real Madrid, Adrian? Real Madrid now, yeah. Josh? Yeah. Uh, from what I what I've seen, I don't know. I just don't. I don't think there's a way. I think they they'll get the job done. Yeah, I think this will too. Um, Real Madrid. Um, final one: Villarreal or Bayern? Jo- Adrian, I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say, but I'm gonna ask anyways. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Bayern on this one. Oh, I thought you would go with King Emery. Okay, no, fine. no, I won't. But I will go with King Emery if he forever if he goes through. All right, Josh. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about, I just I don't think one nothing was enough. I think I think Bayern will be Bayern. They'll find a way and and relatively comfortably, maybe like a three one, three two on aggregate. They'll find a way through. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna surprise everyone. And say Villarreal will do it. Someone has to say it. Gutsy, gutsy move. All right, cool. That that rounds that up. Let's go to Europa League. Um, I, I so we looked at these results afterwards and. I watched two games. I watched the Leipzig Atalanta game, the Frankfurt Barcelona game, and I, 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 looking back, I thought like oh, so many goals, but really it was just four <laughs> that I saw. And then I looked at the other results: Braga against Rangers one 0 West Ham against Lyon one one. Um, should we start with the the Frankfurt Barcelona game, guys? Because Josh, insane. I mean, this Waldstadion, um, I was saying before the podcast, if you ever want to do a stadium experience and you haven't experienced it yet, the I guess it's called the Deutsche Bank Arena now. Um, but oh my word, what an atmosphere. Yeah, I and mean, like we talked about right before we went went live and started recording here, is it, was, uh, it was pretty incredible. You could hear it. I mean, you're sitting here on the couch in Canada and I could just feel it I, you, you could probably assume that it'd be a little bit special tonight having someone like barcelona come to town but it it, it lived up because i thought that was an awesome match a lot of back and forth uh i think frankfurt probably could have snuck away with a little bit of a better result at that one yeah. one towards the end is gonna make things a little bit difficult and uh just a fun fact that barca actually drew both of their first matches in the round of 32 and round of 16 and then found a way to do business and i think both again correct me if i'm wrong but i think they did business on the road both times can't fully remember but regardless their second leg they found a way to get it done and that napoli result was definitely an eye-opener but it was pretty cool i'm gonna throw just a fun little tidbit of of, of, of not information but something that i i experienced because uh like you talked about manual about it basically when you think of you know germany you think of dortmund and about the stadium as well as bayern just being huge clubs but i, I was in a i was in mexico visiting my aunt in a very small little 
little island and we went to uh this this remote bar and uh there's a like three or four guys there all hanging out and drinking in a frankfurt jersey so i just thought it was pretty cool uh that some somewhere where you wouldn't expect that you see uh some love for frankfurt because i thought they definitely did themselves proud tonight and i think the second leg will be very interesting i think people don't realize how big of a club frankfurt is um it's a sleeping giant of german football and uh, every once in a while they show it it's the only I've, I've been very lucky to be able to cover a few games at uh, what i still call the waldstadion it's the the stadium in the forest um it's an amazing arena and as when you work there as the press you're right underneath the roof and um, i was there for when they had their run in the europa league and they no, it was actually that was the year after, and they were playing. I was I was there for the Salzburg games, um, and I was there for Schachter Donetsk as well um, when they played in the Europa League. And it was so loud for these games that I had to put my uh, hand, my fingers into my ear while I was not typing because it hurt my eardrums. And I've never ever experienced that anywhere else. And I've been fortunate to work in a lot of uh, stadiums in Germany, including um, the the Signal Iduna Park or Westfalenstadion in Dortmund. And man, oh man, it's just incredible. If you have the chance to ever witness it, um, it's something very special. I guess like a little bit like the the stadiums in Turkey that are extremely shrill and loud. Um, and I think Frankfurt just did did German football proud there again? Um, you know, so many German teams kind of treat this competition kind of like as a throwaway and Frankfurt always do well. Um, they did lead the expected goals 1-2-2 two, two, to 0-8-5. Um, they had the only big chance of the game, uh, Frank, Barcelona doing something out of nowhere. And I actually feel, Adrian, they should have won this game. Potentially, yeah, because they looked really, really good in transition. Just those quick counterattacks and that Barcelona back line, you can tell that is the area of the pitch that Xavi has the most work to do. And I guess Laporta has the most work to do in the offseason to sort of bring in some center backs somehow because it was looking a little bit loose, a little bit Swiss cheese back there at times. But another thing that I will say is that as soon as Xavi made those changes and bringing on Frankie de Jong and Ousmane Dembele, you could see that the match changed. You could see that Barcelona's attack and control of the match changed a little bit. But all the while, Eintracht Frankfurt were still getting those opportunities to counter and looked dangerous in doing so. So it's going to be a fascinating second fixture. But my goodness, the goals that we were treated to, both for Frankfurt and Barcelona. The Barcelona goal was beautifully worked. Great team goal. And then just a beautiful strike for Eintracht Frankfurt as well. Straight into that top corner there. A, uh, a former, or I guess still a Borussia Dortmund player, but on loan. Is that correct, Josh? He's he's on loan at Eintracht Frankfurt for the next year and a half? Yeah, he, he obviously going to look to get a little bit more playing time. And I mean, I see him a little bit further up the pitch. I, I like to see him as, as more of a winger, but he's mostly got chances as a wing back and joining up with Frankfurt playing that 3-4-2-1 system that they do. He's slotted right in at the right wing back spot and he's absolutely been killing it so far and probably a very special moment to score a goal like that against Barcelona. So pretty cool to see him. It gave me a big smile on my face, but yeah, both goals. I mean, Barcelona's goal was, was vintage Barcelona. That was such a well-worked goal. Uh, it was a really good match to watch, and I'm a big fan of the Europa League. I've I've always voiced that opinion. I just think it's a good competition, and I I like to see teams taking it seriously, especially teams like Barcelona. You've seen in the past Chelsea go on and win it. You've seen Atletico go on and win it. And in my opinion, I think Xavi's going all out, and he made that indication right away when they went as hard as they did against Napoli. And uh, it's yeah, it's just a beautiful competition. So I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about it today. 
I think Frankfurt are gonna get it in the second leg. They're gonna they're just gonna love being in transition because they're just gonna sit deep and let Barca come and it's gonna work right in their hands. Um that's my early prediction. But yeah, I also watched the other game, uh German game, uh between Leipzig and Atalanta and I, listen, I think that's two teams that belong in the Champions League. Uh, and it, they made it quite obvious. The Muriel strike was fantastic. And then I think Leipzig should have probably gotten the win in the end. Um, had countless chances, missed the penalty, and then scored from the weirdest possible goal right after they missed the penalty. Um, and had a couple chances to get the, the second goal. But look, this will go all the way to the end in Atalanta, in, in Bergamo. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, uh, did one of you guys watch this game? Josh, Adrian, any thoughts on this? No, I, I unfortunately wasn't able to make it back in time to watch it. But it was one I really wanted to watch because one, it was at a different time. And two, like you said, I think, I mean, what Tedesco has done with Leipzig is incredible. I mean, I just watched them pump Dortmund. They're in incredible form. And Atalanta is always a team for me that just competes. I mean, they've kind of are in a bit of a slump. They seemed like they'd be heavy favorites to finish in the top four after UA started the season. But they, they slipped off a little bit. So... I out of these matchups, I bet you. I mean, if the Frankfurt and Barcelona one didn't deliver the way it did, I would have. I would have bet over two legs that this Leipzig and Atalanta one could potentially go the distance. So good to hear that it was indeed up to the uh, up to the par. And I'm if I can, we'll try to watch the second leg because uh, I I don't know. Just on paper, I didn't watch the match, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot to split the two. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Adrian, you any thoughts on this game? No, just that I'm looking forward to the second leg because Gasparini and Atalanta, you never know what they're going to get. They're about as volatile as their manager this season. You know, in past seasons, he was able to sort of harness that energy a little bit and it translated to them, you know, blowing teams away five, six nil sometimes. Um, but this season has been a little bit different. There's been questions of whether that sort of magic is not working anymore for Gasparini at Atalanta. But look, you see it in flashes where they look really, really good and they're a team that is constantly almost on the back foot with the way that they're rated by other teams for their talent because they are just mm. such a hotbed for talent losing Robin Gosens, Romero etc those are big names that they lost out of their back line so yeah I'm looking forward to this one especially with as Josh and, and yourself have pointed out RB Leipzig are in some great form right now and it, which is really nice to see because they can be such an exciting team to watch when they are in form so yeah hopefully we're treated to a big show in the next one and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Adrian, I'm going to stay with you because you probably also kept an eye on Braga against Rangers. Um, when I look at these other fixtures and West Ham against Lyon, of course, 1-1, it kind of feels like that the winner would probably come from Frankfurt against Barcelona or RB Leipzig against Atalanta. Or do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, Braga is having a interesting season because I think they're sort of starting to pick up some form now, more recently at least, in Portugal domestically, um, because they started a little bit slow. But, I mean, they beat Benfica last Friday, 3-2, so they're clearly in some good form. Getting a win against Rangers, that's an excellent result. So, I don't know. But like you said, I would if you were to point to the potential favorites, you nailed it, I would point to either... Barcelona or Frankfurt or the other tie Atalanta and Leipzig for sure because can I mean this isn't the same Rangers side that you know Steven Gerrard led to the title um, they have tailed off a little bit Celtic are clear now in the league and Braga I just once they go up against any of the teams that we mentioned before I think that they'll finally meet the the end of the road so to speak yeah they would meet West Ham or Olympic Lyon Josh um, another another 1-1 draw um any thoughts on that 
Yeah, I was trying to pop back and forth when I when I could. I mean, there seemed. I mean, there was a red card in the first half, and there was eight additional minutes added on, so there must have been some stoppage of play. Uh, I watched Endombele's uh, goal. Tete did really well after coming on. Interesting story there, playing the Shakhtar Donetsk loanee because of the the new rules. He found a loan and he just joined up with Leon, and I mean, he's an incredible young Brazilian player. He's already made an impact in his first league on match, and now he's making an impact here in the uh, in the Europa League. But I mean, Leon's been a Bit, bit of a train wreck this season where West Ham's had a been a little bit more consistent in the league. So you'd almost expect West Ham to do some damage here. But I think looking at the stats, the final possession and the red card obviously helped with that was 72-28. Yet it still ends in a draw. But going back to Lyon, they've had some success in the past as well in the Europa League. I've, I'd probably back them a little bit to find a way, make things very difficult. They're an, they're, they're an exciting team, but just the consistency will always make you question how far they can really go. So I think depending on the mood, you could get a pretty good affair, but other than that, maybe West Ham can do it. But I don't know. For me, I'm back in Leon. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to the return legs uh, of all of this. Uh, this is going to be very exciting. But boys, I think um, we more or less covered everything today. Of course, there was also the Conference League. Um, I think we're going to wait until the later stages until we pay a bit more attention to that. But yeah, that's it from us this week. Um, enjoy the football this weekend. Some really good matches uh, in Germany, England, Italy, Spain, etc. And then, of course, the Europa League Champions League games next week. Um, yeah, enjoy more. Lots of action coming your way. And until then, cheers and bye-bye. Bye.